This is Heavenly Gospels Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Pastor Corey is back with an another amazing, impactful word. Get ready to tune in. Here we go. Good morning, HD family. Let us let us pray. Father, I thank you, God, for another day, another opportunity to be able to not just receive from you a word, but to offer up a praise, to offer up a worship. And Father, before we ask of anything, we just want to say thank you. Thank you for bringing us through another week. Thank you for keeping us through another week. Father, we thank you, God. We we have celebratory hearts this morning, God, because we realize we would not be where we are without you. We thank you, Father, and we bless your name this morning. Your name is a strong tower. The righteous run in and they are saved. Father, we thank you for being sheltered. We thank you for being strength. We thank you for being the joy in our life, Father. Father, I pray, God, that over the next few moments that you will just commandeer this moment, that you will just invade our space, that you will get in our business this morning, that you will give us a word that's specifically tailored for our life. Father, let us leave not this experience the same way we came, and we'll forever bless your name. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen and amen. Amen and amen. Good morning, HG. Come on, put those blessed hands together. I know you might be in your living room, in your bedroom, or you might be even driving in the car watching this, but wherever you are, just show that you're grateful for the God that you serve. If you would turn your Bibles to Esther chapter 4, we're going to read four scriptures in your hearing, and then I'm going to dive right into the word of God and what he has put on my heart to preach and to teach this morning. Esther chapter 4, verse 12, and it reads, When Esther's words were reported to Mordecai, he sent back this answer, Do not think that because you are in the king's house, you alone of all the Jews will escape. For if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place. But you and your father's family will perish. And who knows but but that you have come to the royal position for such a time as this. Then Esther sent this reply to Mordecai. She said, go and gather all the Jews who are in Susa and, and, and fast for me. Don't eat or drink for three days, night or day. I and my attendants will fast as you do. When this is done, I will go to the king, even though it is against the law. And if I perish, I perish. I, I want to preach and teach from a subject titled this morning, I Will Survive. <laughs> Come on and type that in the chat. Somebody say, I will survive. Come on, say it with your chest and put it in all caps. Somebody say, I will survive. F- family, I-, I want to remind you this morning that we 
are still in our series entitled, It's Our Growing Season. That we've, we've been in this, this sermon of, this series of sermons for over the past month and a half. As long as we've been in this pandemic, I've been teaching on this point. And for those of you who've been watching, you know exactly what that statement means. That we're not just going to go through this season, but that we're going to grow through it. That, that we're not just going to go through this season, we're going to, what, grow through it. And, and this series of sermons has aided us in what it means to grow because the gospel is not one of avoidance, it is one of overcoming. That in this life, I don't avoid everything, but I can overcome anything. And, and for most of us this year, somebody might feel me on this, this has been a season and a year of, 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 of a compilation of challenge after challenge, hurdle after hurdle. And through the unexpected loss of of loved ones and, and the pandemic of COVID-19 and police brutality, this, this year has been a lot. And, and we've made jokes about just throwing the whole year of 2020 in the trash. And might I suggest to you that there is still time left in this year. And that God, he still can turn this second half of your year around and make it work for your good. Because just because you have a bad start, it doesn't mean that you can't have a good ending. And Esther, she teaches this in her story. She teaches us how, uh, how you start, it does not determine how you'll end. That she started off in the projects, but ended up in the palace. That she started off living pitiful, but she ended up being a princess. She teaches us that your beginning doesn't have to determine your ending. And I come to let somebody know right right wherever you are that you might have had a rough start to your year, but it does not determine, define, or dictate the type of ending that you've had. And some of you, you've been in the middle seasons. You, you've, you've cried more than you've ever ever cried before. You've been stressed more than you've ever been stressed before. You've dealt with unexpected hurdles and hangups, but the truth of the matter is you've managed it the best you can, and because of it, God is going to turn it around for your good. I wish I had somebody that would believe with me right there that we serve a God that's able to take the bad and make it work for our good. It is not, it, it, is, the, it is in the Bible where he says that he'll give Give us beauty for ashes. He says, I am the God that's able to turn it around. And I come to speak it to somebody's life today in this morning to let you know that he can turn it around, <laughs> that he can turn it around, that he can turn it around, that there is yet too much time left in this year, that there is yet too much things for you to do left in this year, that God can turn it around. And though the beginning of it may have been rough, it does not define or dictate what God can do at 
at the end of your year and I'm expecting better and I'm expecting something greater and I'm expecting more than what I would ever have imagined to happen even this year. Somebody say, don't throw the year away. Don't throw the year away. Don't throw the year away that God, he, he still has time to turn it around because we serve a turnaround God. That, that, that we serve a God that's able to take our bad, bad start and turn it to a good ending. That, that this year, even though you've experienced not just spiritual attacks, emotional attacks like never before, <laughs> that you survived, that you survived. You're still here. And, and if we're going to keep growing, we have to learn what it means to survive emotional heart attacks. Yeah, that this morning Esther is going to teach us how to survive emotional heart attacks. That this word heart is mentioned in the Bible over 800 times. And when we see heart, the Bible is not referring to the the physical palpitating muscle that beats in your chest. It refers to a person's mind, will, emotions, and affections. That, That it's, it's mentioned this many times because it's important to God. And if it's important to God, then it has to be important to us. And God has a lot to say when it comes to this issue of the heart. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16, it says, Therefore, we do not lose heart, though outwardly, We are wasting away, yet inwardly we're being renewed day by day. Paul says, therefore, we do not lose heart. (laughs) That in this season, even at the first half of the year, you you may have lost some things, but I'm trying to tell you this morning that no matter what you lose, do not lose your heart. Because whatever you lost, you can get it back as long as you don't lose your heart. See, that's why the enemy, that he's after your heart, because he knows that if he gets your heart, then he gets your fight. He knows if he gets your heart, then he gets your focus. He knows that if he gets your heart, he gets your resiliency. He knows if he gets your heart, he gets your bounce back. That's why he's after you. And I don't know what you're fighting to keep, but more than anything, I hope you're fighting to keep your heart. More than your job, I hope you're you're fighting to keep your heart. More than your family, I hope you're fighting to keep your heart because as long as you got your heart as long as you can keep your heart whatever you lose you can get it back and I come to talk to somebody that say pastor I've been holding on and I've been hanging on to my heart and I come to let you know that even in this season you can get it back ah God that whatever you lost you can get it back because you got your heart <laughs> Proverbs 4:23 says above all else guard your heart from for for everything you do flows from it watch this 
He says everything flows from it. That's why the enemy wants your heart. Because if he gets this one thing, he gets everything. That, that he, he gets everything from this one thing. Because everything flows from the heart. So he wants to use whatever he can to give us emotional heart attacks. That he'll, he'll attack our family. That he'll attack our finances. That he'll attack our faith. That he'll attack our communities. That he'll attack our minds. That he'll attack our bodies. That he'll do whatever he can to attack us. And oftentimes, the thing that the enemy attacks is not the thing that he's after. Y'all don't believe me. Y'all not saying to, nothing to me in the chat. Uh, oftentimes, I'll say it again, the, the thing that the enemy attacks is not the thing that he's after. Y'all don't believe me. Come here, Job. Y'all remember Job. He, he is attacked by the enemy, and the enemy attacks his family. He attacks his money. He attacks his business. He attacks his body. But he was using all of those things to get the main thing. He was attacking his heart that he was attacking the secondary to get to the primary. And I come to let somebody know, you got to be like Job and say, though you slay me, yet will I trust you that no matter what is going on around me, no matter what you try to disrupt around me, no matter what you take, no matter what you try to do, I am not going to lose my confidence. I'm not going to lose my hope. I'm not going to lose my faith in God. Why? Because I've seen him do too much. Can I get a witness right there? You've seen God open too many doors. You've seen him make too many ways that he's he superseded your intellect and superseded your resume and put you in places that you had no business doing. You've seen God do too much to lose heart now. That, that God has, has brought you too far for you to start to doubt him now. Somebody say, take heart. Take heart. And Esther teaches us how to survive an emotional heart attack. That her life offers some powerful principles on how to overcome an emotional heart attack. Let me, let me give you some, some history. Esther, through a series of events, she ends up being a queen to a king named Xerxes. And the Bible says that the man who raised her, Mordecai, gets word that one of the king's employees, a man named Haman, has a plot to kill all the Jewish people. So Mordecai, he sends word to Esther and says, I need you to go before the king because the king needs to put a stop to this. And immediately, Esther has an emotional heart attack. <laughs> she says, do you know what happened to the previous queen that went before the king unannounced? <laughs> In other words, she's saying, I heard what happened to somebody else. And now based on what happened to somebody else, the enemy, watch this, he's using what happened to somebody else to inject fear into her heart. Her heart got attacked with fear. 
watch this, not because of what happened to her, but because of what she heard happened to somebody else. And that's exactly what the enemy will do. He will use the news of what happened to others as an entry point to inject fear into us. He'll say, did you hear what happened to such and such? And then all of a sudden your body starts to responding and starts sensing things that it wasn't even sensing. It's because you're being attacked with fear. And when the enemy, he can't take your life, he'll rob you of your focus. He'll rob you of your productivity so that you're not able to pursue purpose. Esther, she she has a heart attack. She, She is in fear of losing her life, but she's also in fear of losing loved ones. Because this plot that Haman was creating, it could wipe out her kin, including Mordecai. And all these fears that she was facing, and some, some of the ones we're facing even right now, as we're experiencing uh, racism and, and police brutality, some of you are saying, what about my life? Yeah, black lives matter. No, but not just what about my life, what about the life of my loved ones? Esther has an emotional heart attack, but, but what's amazing is she, she survived. She said, wait a minute. Do you know what happened to the last queen? And Mordecai sent word back to her and said, have you considered that maybe the reason why you're in the position that you're in is not just by happenstance, but maybe God put you there because you were born for such a time as this. (laughs) Maybe you're in the palace uh, because when you were born, God knew years down the road that this plot was going to happen. So he strategically positioned you for something and thought you thought that you were in the palace for one reason, but God put you in the palace for another. Because there are times that we find ourselves in spaces and places and you think that you're there for one reason when God has you there for another season. And God, after a while, he'll give you a revelation of the reason why he actually put you there. And might I suggest that in the time that we're in, it's not just by accident that you're in this particular time. It's not just by accident that you work at the job that you work at. It's not just by accident that you were born in the family that you were born in. That God has got a reason. That he has a reason. And I come to let somebody know that you were born for for such a time as this. That it's not by accident that God strategically birthed you in this particular time frame for a particular reason. And you got to learn to live out your purpose to the fullest and not succumb to fear because he put you there for a reason. Just like he put Esther there. For a reason. And, and if Esther had succumbed to this emotional attack, she would have missed out on her purpose. Because that's what an emotional heart attack does. It, it kills your purpose. It, it, it moves you from, from living a life of advancement to living a life of avoidance. <laughs> you, you stop pursuing purpose because when you're crippled by fear, you're so busy trying to avoid what you fear, that you don't even do 
what you're called to. That Esther, she survived this emotional heart attack, and the critical question is, how? How did she survive? That what changed between did you know what happened to the last queen and if I perish, I perish. I I believe there are three quick principles and revelation that we can gather from Esther on how to overcome fear. The first thing I want you to understand is that we don't overcome fear with willpower. We overcome fear with revelation. You overcome fear by revelation. Somebody say revelation. I I remember a story uh, while I was studying this. um, When we first moved in our house, uh, some months after we moved in, there was a we didn't know it then, he was intellectually challenged. Uh, and he was in a group home. And this little boy, um, 17, 16 years old, he would get out at night. He would escape this, this group home, sneak out, and he would come to our house at 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock in the morning. And the first time he did it, it was at 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock, we, we, we heard the doorbell, doorbell ringing, and not only the doorbell ringing, he was trying to get in. And your pastor, being the, the, the gangster that he is, I, I went and I grabbed my piece. Because, you know, some of you, you yeah, y'all, y'all, y'all feel me. Y'all roll that way too. Some of you, you sleep with it under your pillow. <laughs> I had it locked up. I, I went and got it, and, and my, my wife is like, oh, my God, she's panicking. She's, she's going crazy. And she's like, oh, my God, we don't, who is this? Who is this at our door? And so we ended up calling the police. She was like, don't go down there. You know, uh, keep making sure the door is locked, um, all these different things. And so we later on discovered through the police that this, this child, this boy, he's, he's intellectually disabled. And um, oftentimes he will sneak out from this house and, 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 and I guess go to different houses and ring, on, ring their doorbells at, the, at, the, <laughs> at 2 o'clock in the morning, right? And so this happens one time. And then again it happens. And it unsettled us again. And we were like, this can't keep happening. And then it happened again. And finally, we get it resolved, but after the fourth time that it happened, I, listen, y'all, I I was sleeping so good. I I didn't even, (laughs) the last time it happened, I didn't even, my my wife said she couldn't even wake me up. (laughs) Because I already knew who it was. It it was Emilio. It was the the boy that was ringing our doorbell, doorbell. Now, what changed? What changed us from moving from a panic to me being able to sleep at night, even in a situation? I got the revelation of the situation. And the revelation is what caused me to not respond in fear. So the first thing we need a revelation of, if we're going to overcome fear, we need a revelation of the power of God's love. Type that in the chat. We need a revelation of the power of God's love. 
First John 4 and 18 says, there is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear. That means when you get a revelation of God's love for you, it drives out fear. You, you start saying stuff and you start thinking thoughts like, he loved me too much. And because he loved me too much, he's not going to leave me like this. When you get a revelation of God's love for you, you'll start to see the scriptures as God's love letter for your life. That when you read no weapon formed against me, uh, uh, you, you'll say to yourself, that's because he loves me. That when you say I am more than a conqueror, you'll say that's because he loves me. When you say a thousand shall fall by my side and 10,000 might, but they will not touch me. That's because he loves me. And if you're going to get a revelation of God's love, you know that if you get this revelation, it has to drive out fear. That when you make up in your mind that God loves me too much to leave me like this, it changes the way you respond to every situation. Somebody say, he loved me too much. He loved me too much. The second thing we need is a revelation of, of, of the power of Satan lies. We need a revelation of the power of Satan lies. Because the thing we're being tormented with are thoughts that Satan puts in our mind that are not true. And Jesus, he calls him the father of lies. What does he mean by that? In the book of Genesis, we see Satan attempting to destroy the human uh, race through Adam and Eve by lying to Eve. That he lied. And so he robs the people of God by lying. He lies not just about what will happen, he lies about what it means if it happens. Uh, that just here recently this week that my son has, has been dealing with the issues, this issue of, of chronic fevers, that he gets these fevers at least once a month for three days, and it's been happening consistently. And so we've been working with our, our doctor, and we finally started to run blood tests and the blood test came back that he had a low blood cell count. And uh, that there might be something of an autoimmune disease. That as, as we got this information, he referred us to a blood specialist that we'll see in the future. But as we got this news, news we began to wrestle with exactly what does this mean? And as I was wrestling with it myself, you know, we began to look up all the symptoms. We began to look up, like, what the doctor is trying to explain. And you start to see stuff like uh, lupus and other diseases and stuff. And you start to try to, uh, there's this narrative that begins creating in your mind of your child having lupus and what that's going to look like. But there came a moment over me where I said, you know what, the devil is a liar. I called my mom and told her exactly what the doctor said. And my mama looked, she, she, she said over the phone, she said, we thank the doctors for their test, but we don't receive that. See, see you, you got to be in a position where you realize God's voice 
the difference between God's voice and the enemy's voice. Yes, we got a report, but just because we got a report doesn't mean we have to create a narrative that he's going to be sick for the rest of his life. That sometimes you got to learn how to inject God's word and you got to believe what he's already said, that he said by his stripes that we are healed. And just in a moment, my, I had to flip the script and I went from fear to faith. And my wife was texting me saying how hard it is to work under the, these conditions with just receiving that news. I said, you know what, baby? I, I get it. I feel you. But here's the truth of the matter. God has not failed us yet. That God has not never ceased in making ways for our life. That he's di- he did it while you were pregnant. When it seemed like you were getting ready to lose the baby and that you were bleeding, God kept your womb and delivered a baby. That he did it for you personally. That whenever I had heart issues and chest issues, that God made a way for me personally. And if he did it before, he'll do it again. Because that's the type of God we serve. And I don't know... You- what you might be facing. I don't know what reports you might have gotten this week. I don't know what you may be dealing with, what hurdles you may have been be troubling to overcome. But I come to let somebody know that if God did it before, he'll do it again. That we serve an encore God. And I speak over your life that he will, he will do it again. That he'll make a way again. That he'll open up the door again. That he'll heal your body again that he'll keep you uh, he'll keep you again that he'll provide for you again somebody say do it again do it again do it again god that i need you to do it again that if you did it before do it again you got to learn how to discern the difference between god's voice and the enemy but can i bring you some good news as well whenever the enemy injects a negative thought into your mind don't respond with pity respond with praise (laughs) because the enemy he's incapable of telling the truth so that means when he tells me something is going to happen the exact opposite is going to happen so if he says I'm going to die I need to praise God because I'm going to live when he says it's over I need to praise God because it means it's not finished when he says I'm not going to recover I need to praise God because that means recovery is on the way and I want you to wherever you are for the next 10 seconds I want you to give God praise for every lie that you've done received in this season I need you to open up your mouth and bless the name of your Lord because he he, he will come through for you that you gotta learn how to praise instead of having a pity party because when the enemy he tells you something that means the exact opposite is getting ready to happen. Don't, don't allow that negative thought to create a net narrative that is not true, that may or may not happen. Fear. This is not a, 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 a godly fear, not a reverence fear. This is a, a satanic, natural fear. That you start to create a narrative in your mind. That just because this happened, then this is going to happen. 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 And the enemy will have you create this whole narrative that is far from God's truth. Lastly, we need a revelation of the power of our lips. 
Somebody say the power of our lips. The Bible says in Proverbs 18, 21, that the power of life and death is in the tongue. That, that the greatest impact that words have on our life aren't just externally, but internally. That the most important person besides God that will talk to me is me. And what kills us the most is not what the enemy says, is not what naysayer says, is not the opinions of others, but is what we say to ourselves. <laughs> but you got to learn to leverage the power of your lips. I'm done. And I told this story before when, when we were living in Denton. Uh, while I was working out and running, there was a, a dog. He was about medium size. I don't know. He was a mixed breed. He, he came at me with a loud bark. And I, I remember, like, they say, you know, in the hood, you don't, you don't run from dog because men, men you run, they're going to chase you. And so I stood there, and y'all, I think, um, that's when I, I, I feel like I developed another level of my tongue language right then and there because I begin to say, Jesus, I begin to speak in tongues. Because <laughs> y'all know when we get in situations like that, we become real spiritual. That dog started barking and, roo, 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 and the, the louder he barked, the closer he got. And I just, I don't know, I was, call, I, I was calling on Jesus and then out of nowhere, I, I said, get! Real loud. I was scared as I'll get out. I, I said, get. In the minute I yelled, get. He, the dog that was bold, the dog that was barking, he began to back up. And when I saw him back up, a little confidence rose in me. I said, oh, okay. Yeah, he not as, he not as bad as he, th- you get, get, get out of here. And the, the louder I got, the more the dog moved back. I come to let somebody know that when you leverage the power of your lips, you're able to speak to an enemy that is not as bad as he, th- as he think he is. It's not as bad as he says he is. For the Bible says that he prowls around like a roaring lion, not as a roaring lion. In other words, he's nothing but a mouse, nothing more than a mouse with a microphone. But if you can learn to use your mouth and say in the name of Jesus, you say, I plead the blood. I wish I had somebody who you you say, I haven't been to church, but I'll plead the blood. I'll plead the blood over my life. I'll plead the blood over my house. I'll plead the blood over my children. That you got to get out of here. And that these thoughts that you have sown, you got to get out of here too. Somebody say, get. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to learn to leverage the power of your, your lips. You got to learn to speak faith. Because faith has a language that just as we have different languages of Spanish, English, and French, when you hear somebody speaking Spanish, hola, hola, como estas, muy bien, you, you say, oh, that's Spanish. And just as it is with Spanish, when you hear somebody speaking faith, that's a language. It's the language of God's word. That, that it's the language of I'm going to declare what God has said about me. 
and I'm, I'm going to declare what God has already said about my situation. And, and my, my question to you this morning, in this surviving season, it, is your lips feeding your fear or is it feeding your faith? Are, are your lips feeding your fear or is it feeding your faith? Might I suggest to you, your lips are telling on you of what's, what you've been putting in your heart. That the reason why some of you, you can't even speak faith because you ain't putting faith in your heart. Ah, you, you ain't got no word to speak because you, you got to watch Avatar and Netflix. And yeah, you, you got you so busy on your phone and you got to talk to booze and all this. You ain't, got, you ain't got nothing in your heart to combat the enemy that you're facing in life. So out of the abundance, the mouth speaks. You, you, you speak what's in your heart. And if you're going to survive and come to tell you as your pastor, you got to be able to speak the language of faith. That you got to affirm what God has said about you. And not only about you, you got to speak what he said about your situation. And this morning, I want to resurrect this affirmation. I want to affirm that all your needs will be met according to his riches that are in glory. I want to affirm that you are the head, that you're not the tail, that you are the lender and not the bar, that you are spiritually strong, that you are emotionally whole, that you are physically healed, that that you'll live with passion, that you'll live with principles, that you'll walk in power and purpose, that you are not limited by human limitations, that your life is being changed and God has anointed you to change the world. This morning, I pray that you receive a revelation, a revelation of God's love. Man, that was an awesome word. We hope you were blessed today. And if you were, here's your opportunity to partner with our ministry by ways of giving. We have two different ways for you to give. First way, it's via Cash App, dollar sign Heavenly Gospel. Again, via Cash App, dollar sign Heavenly Gospel. Or you can go to our website, hglovespeople.com and press the Give button. Thank you so much for your partnership and your love, and we hope you have a great day.